0: Good morning. Today is Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. Of course, yesterday, Yom Kippur at Adath, we missed the majority of our crowd, though I am happy that they were protecting their health and they did the right thing. For those of us at Adath, I thought it was marvelous It was unique, it was beautiful, it was deeply spiritual, and of course I would love your feedback if you were there. In the afternoon I was standing on the street, someone who lives on the block came up to me, two meters distance, and he looked around and he said, look at this, in this corner of Harrow, there were five separate minyanim, all going on side by side, each one open to the other. Two Sephardic minyanim, three Ashkenazi minyanim, all right next to each other with the mingling of sounds, the mingling of customs and prayers, the different shofar sounds at the end, and he said to me, this is historic. Where else in the world would you see a site like this? And he is absolutely right. It was a historic, incredibly beautiful, meaningful site. Our little corner of Harrow. A tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. It comes from A dedicated group of men and women, each of whom went beyond what they were originally asked to do. The people that led the davening, the people that set up, the lay people that made the decisions, the people that took care of the tent, the people that took care of the registration, the people who took care of the seating. Everyone worked harder than they thought they were going to have to work, especially when the rules changed last Monday night and every single member of the team remained flexible, making changes when necessary, I could not be more proud of Adath than I am this morning. Okay, then with the end of Yom Kippur comes the news that the alert level in Montreal was raised to red. So, first, I think that there is a troubling and wrong attitude in certain parts of our Jewish community and it surfaces often and in many different ways but it boils down to some variation of this. Why is the government doing this to us? That is wrong. It's factually wrong it's philosophically wrong, and it's an attitude that contains the seeds of much behavior that is against the law and against Jewish law. Because the government is not doing anything to us. The government is doing this for us. It is for our protection. Those people who lie when they are in isolation or quarantine. Those people who lie to get exemptions from quarantine when in truth it really does not apply to them. Those people who continue to gather without masks or to gather without two-meter distance or who are singing loudly even with masks, they are violating the prohibition of Dina Nama the law of the land is the law. They are violating the Torah prohibition, v'nishmartem ma'od and you shall be exceedingly cautious concerning your health, because all these measures, all of our experts tell us, are unsafe. They are putting their own family and friends at risk for serious life-threatening or life altering disease and they're putting us at risk, you and me. And lastly, they are putting the reputation of our community at risk. And their actions have already caused terrible Chilil Hashem desecration of God's name. And unfortunately, it continues to happen. I understand from Facebook, reading last night that there were actions where the police came to interrupt services that were not being held in accordance with the guidelines at a couple of places. I didn't see it anywhere myself. Of course, our precautions were 100%. I'm very proud of how careful everyone was about every detail of the precautions at DAF, But I saw it on Facebook. So let me say this, I wasn't there, I am not the umpire and I am not taking sides and I am not naming names because I do not have first-hand na- knowledge. If after a full inv- investigation, the police are found to have done something that was improper, then of course they should be held responsible, goes without saying. However, let me add when I see among those complaining of their treatment places that since March have flouted the rules, transmissions have occurred there, events breaking the rules have occurred there. Wherever that is true, Again, I'm not naming names and I'm not making conclusions to the places where that is true. They have put all of us in danger and they must be held accountable. And that applies whether it is a public area or a private area those places that are doing these things in their backyards, flouting the rules of which I mentioned, are just as responsible as those institutions that are doing it and flouting the rules. So let's move to Sukkos very briefly. I will have much more to share about the upcoming holiday of Sukkos starting Friday night. I will have more to share in the coming days as I digest the exact details of the rules and as I gather together the halachic issues that will apply, let me just mention a couple of issues that I know will be relevant in the coming days. Number one, buying a Lulav and this year will be a different experience than in previous years. I have discussed this with Rabbi Alex. This is the procedure that we are going to follow. I think this is, should be the procedure everywhere. However, I can't control everywhere, but I can control Adath, and this is what we will do. We will have times when Rabbi Alex is available in the tent for people to come and to pick out a Lulav and Esrog to purchase from him. And I certainly urge you to purchase from him because he is the most honest person that there is and he gets the best quality merchandise that is possible. The way we will do it is, again, in our tent at designated times so that it is not crowded at any one time. Please call him or contact him by email to make an appointment. One set will be displayed on each table, separated throughout the room. So there will be no reason and we will not allow people to congregate in any one place at any one time. All sets will be wrapped all sets will be on display on that table no touching you touch it you buy it that's it this year you can't pick it up and look at it and turn it upside down and do this and do that forget it if you want to do that go somewhere else and you should not go somewhere else because it will not be as healthy it will not be as safe you can look at it on the table Make your choice. When you pay for it, you can pick it up. That's it. For the first time in my adult life, we will not have a shul set of lulav and esrug that will be passed from person to person who does not have their own to be able to make a bracha. It breaks my heart to have to do that, to not make it available to people that do not have their own lulav and esrug. However, the issue of handing from one to another carries too much risk and we will not allow it. If a person does share a Lulav and Esrog with another person, our medical and halakhic experts have told us the following procedure should be followed. Both the lender and the borrower, borrower should wash their hands completely. That's 20 seconds. Happy birthday twice. Twice before giving it and after taking it. So that means the lender should first wash his hands properly and the borrower should wash his hands properly, hand it from the lender to the borrower, the borrower should use it, then hand it back before receiving it. The lender should wash his hands again. The borrower finishes giving it, he should wash his hands again. That is as good as wearing gloves, perhaps even better, and that should be carried out in a very careful manner. There is a problem with wearing gloves holding lulav and Esruch. The Talmud itself discusses that when we hold the lulav and Esruch, it has to be against our skin and therefore holding the lulav and Esruch, even in safety gloves may provide a problem. However, So far, our medical and halachic experts have told us that we are better off with the procedure of very careful hand washing, what I just described before. Both people, giver and lender, washing their hands well and properly, both before taking it and after giving it back, and that should provide adequate uh, preparation and safety. It appears at the moment, subject to learning more details, that our minion in our tent with a maximum of 25 people, which is what we have been doing, will be unaffected by these new restrictions. Assuming that is the case, we will continue our minion. Of course, if there's any other guidance about our minion, we will follow that guidance. But for the moment, we continue with a maximum of 25 in our tent. We will have a lot of issues to consider once we come to sukos. For example, the practice of hoshanos, walking around, unless we're able to do it in a safe manner that everyone remains six feet distant, we will simply not have that practice during davening. We'll see what we can work out. Simchas Torah. <coughs> Simchas Torah. Um, will be very, very different because uh, the idea of everybody having their own aliyah, every man having their own aliyah is something that we probably will not be able to do. Dancing, touching the Torah, kissing the Torah for sure we will not do. Dancing uh, we will probably not be able to do unless we find a way to do it in a healthy manner. Uh, Hakafos also subject to being able to do it in a perfectly healthy manner. It will be very different. The one thing that I am certain of with the experience of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, I am confident that we will be able to come up with creative solutions that will create our own new best ways to observe this holiday. Perhaps the biggest challenge that faces us at this moment is who will be in your sukkah. Medical experts like Dr. Glatt have told us that medically a sukkah is like an inside room. There is not as much air ventilation as the outdoors. It should be considered medically as if it's an indoor room. So whoever you are planning to invite, plan accordingly, taking into consideration the new guidelines as the details become known. For several days, we have heard from our health experts in Montreal and Quebec that the biggest cause of transmissions in Montreal now, and it's within our Jewish community as well, let's not fool ourselves, is family gatherings. Let me give you the translation of family gatherings. Yom Tov suuda the Yom Tov meals, that is, family gatherings. I urge you, follow the rules strictly, without looking for loopholes, without looking for leniencies. And that may mean some people will not safely have access to a sukkah this year. So concerning that type of situation, let me say two things. Number one, safety comes first. It sets aside all of the mitzvahs of sukkah if necessary. Number two, I am working on some creative solutions that I hope to share with you. Uh, Some of them may sound a little strange, so I think it would be smart if I discuss them with my wife first just to make sure that she is in accord Um, but I do have some creative solutions that might help but let me make it very, very clear. The bottom line is it is better to eat not in a sukkah, on sukkahs, even the first night of sukkahs than to eat in a sukkah that is contrary to government guidelines or contrary to the advice of our local medical experts. I am beginning to prepare a topic for our Thursday night session and my working topic is how to safely fill your sukkah this year. So uh, this is just preliminary. Not all the details have been revealed. There will be more halachic information coming out and guidance and more suggestions about how to make this Sukkos the best sukkah experience in your life. I am confident that if we put in the effort and we have the right attitude, we will be able to achieve that. My friends, I wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person. And meanwhile, stay safe. Follow all the rules carefully.